thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. These words my father spoke bounced from the walls that felt like they were closing in and collided with my brokenness. The sound bites of ancient truths crashed into my hopeless hands and lifted them up. Amongst waves I could barely stand, but the strength of an almighty king and a gentle shepherd invaded my veins and I stood despite the storm. In the shadow of Shaddai is where I lay my head. In him is where I rest. In the morning I rise, untouched by darkness, because I am protected. Even here, when I can barely defend myself, when I am too weak to fight, you tell me that I already have the victory. You, I'm holding on to you for dear life. My kind king, you are the one that saves me. I want to drink the depths of your love even on bad days. My Jesus, you rescued me then and you rescue me now. Welcome to The Presence Podcast. Got an exciting month called Psalm. Joining with us on the podcast, we've got Hannah Glover from all the way from Bath. Hello. Hello, who wrote the um, the spoken word piece and also performed it in the film, which was created by the genius, the director, James Green here. Hey, hey, hey. And I wanted to get these guys on just to... Uh, get some of their thoughts behind their creativity and their art because I find it really exciting when you hear an artist's take on what they produce and sometimes it's in the tiny detail that you just well it blows my mind anyway so hopefully it'll do the same Um, so maybe let's start with the initial idea which came way back when us in the UK first went into lockdown I think which was March, was it? Six months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, Today, mid, mid, mid-March. And James had, I think, the initial idea who came to me and Hannah. So do you want to chat a bit about that, James? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, Andy, you and me go back a little way, you know, doing these presence projects. This is our second longer film, which is super fun. The lockdown, it just struck me, you know, it's like there's a lot of fear around, a lot of people... It was so it's such a strange thing to say that, you know, our country was locked down and people, you know, these broadcasts were coming out on the news like, you know, you can't leave your home and just felt very apocalyptic. Mm. (laughs) If I'm honest, I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like this is unprecedented in our time. And it just felt very strange. This idea of a virus that could wipe out the planet. You know, (laughs) it was just mad. Um, And so there was a lot of fear. At the very beginning, I think amongst many of us, and we were thinking, you know, what's going on here? And it just made me think about what do people need to hear at this time? Where do people need to find that anchor? You know, for me as a, as a Christian, I find my hope and my faith in Christ. And so I love this Psalm 91 that just came to mind this idea of thousand of fall at one side, 10,000 at the other, but you know, it won't come near you. And that's such a powerful declaration. I just wanted to do something with that. 
so that's when I kind of reached out to you. I was like, hey, man, you fancy doing something around Psalm 91. I know this poet who would be dope for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was, that was Hannah. So we got in touch with Hannah, who started working on the spoken word piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, I started to compose the music. And from there, then James storyboarded and came up with the, the film concept. So Hannah, tell us a little bit about um, your process of hearing about this theme, about Psalm 91. How, how do you go about writing the piece? Yeah, I, I really like when it comes to like getting a brief for poetry, getting like being given a theme. And personally, Psalm 91 had like a lot of meaning for me personally. So I, Psalm 91 was something my, I told the story to James actually on the filming day, but um. Psalm 91 was something my dad used to say over me when I was about 16, struggling quite bad with um, just, yeah, my mental health, depression and things. And so my dad used to say Psalm 91. So I don't know why I hadn't written anything before about it um, or really about that time. And so to write that is really personal for me. I wrote it in um, at the time I was in Sweden during like the lockdown and And so I was with my family. So it was just really significant. And I just was up one night and I was like, yeah, I guess I'll write this poem. And it kind of came out like all at once and kind of didn't look at it for a couple of days and then did some tweaks and then sent it to you kind of on a rough voice memo. And yeah, that was kind of how the process went for me. I kind of start the poem with that that line that James just said, 10,000 may fall at your side or 10,000 at your right hand, um, but it will not come near you. And I think that just kind of brought it all together and and also reading it in um, different translations. So I read it in the Passion Translation and they say the shadow of Shaddai. So that's kind of where some inspiration came from as well. So That's amazing. I mean, it's such a strong piece and I think lends itself so well to the kind of the cinematic luck. Mm. I think the imagery that it evokes for me as a composer, when I first heard it, it was easy to start to piece together and compose the music yeah. and the feeling and that sense of darkness that we, we've we found ourselves in this year, I think, and that sort of sense of lack of hope and like what a sense of not knowing mm, and yeah. things changing left, right and centre and work drying up and all sorts that people are going through and obviously loss and concern and worry for friends and family that have had this this awful virus you know and that sense of darkness really so mm. i think certainly with the the music it starts off quite dark but obviously as we focus in on jesus and the anchor there's obviously that light that and that positivity that that breaks through uh like cracks through a door you know and a so that's kind of the imagery that I had in my head as I was kind of starting to compose the music mm. to the spoken word piece. And you did it very well, Andy. I thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> really brought the words alive, yeah. Which was brilliant. But then obviously once Dad had finished and we had the spoken word piece, it was sort of over to James, who then received the music and the poem. Take us from there, James. What, what were your thoughts? I remember... Hannah just sending through the voice message and I think the brief was basically really simple if you were to write Psalm 91 not just quote it but if you were to write it how would you write it and then she comes back with this piece and I literally was 
holding back tears <laughs> it was just it was it was just beautiful it was really beautiful yeah I just knew at that point that we were on something really strong and then we came back with the first pass with with the music and I just yeah it was it was epic and I couldn't help but show a few friends and I was just like guys listen to this check this out this is what we're going to be making I'm so excited about this I think it just worked really well together you merged the sense of drama at the beginning and this sense of like tension and um, darkness at the beginning of the track. But then, you know, some of those samples that come in halfway through just start to really build expectation. And I was just really excited about it. I was like, man, I've got to try and do this justice visually now. <laughs> it was like, it's just, this got stepped up a whole level. So for me, I was super excited to cool. just to get going. I think, I work really well when I when I'm work when I'm collabing with people. It just for me it sparks it hits part of my create parts of my creativity that I don't think that I can access actually by myself. And so the music and the spoken word were just evoking really strong imagery for me. And so I in my process typically is just to get a Pinterest board together. Um, and so I I have in my mind when I listen I kind of I listen to it on repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and I just vi- allow myself to visualize it becomes like a meditation to me and then I see it in my mind what I want to capture and then I'll go online and try and find reference images that kind of show what I'm wanting to show and so I very much start actually um, at the beginning with a couple of key visuals I then build out the story around. So I don't necessarily start with the whole story. I start just with some really, what I feel are striking images. Yeah. And so first one that that struck me was this idea of people lying dead in the water. Um, just felt would be a really strong visual um, was in my mind. And then also like this game of chance between good and bad. And so I wanted to kind of show that somehow. Um, and when I heard the track, it actually it actually made me think of the film Inception, um, just at the beginning, because the you know they used they they use like the foghorn type thing. It just had that tinge of that at the beginning. I was like, oh man, yeah, like, and it just I went I went back and rewatched it, and just I got really inspired by that film again. And they use this thing in that film. It's just a spinning top. So a way that they find out whether they're in a dream still is by using these items that only they know the weight and shape of and how it works. And, you know, um, one of them is a spinning top that spins on the table. And if, if he's in a dream, it continually spins forever. Um, but if it doesn't, it will fall. And um, I was like, that's really interesting. I just did a bit of research around that whole thing. And then happened upon somehow, I don't know how, but I happened upon this thing called a, a dreidel, which is a Jewish uh, game of chance. Um, I was like, oh, look into this. What is this thing? Found out that uh, it's like a spinning top, but it has four Hebrew letters around it, which um, represent four words, which is a great miracle. A great great miracle happened there. And um, it's speaking about the miracle in Habakkuk where the oil in the lamps carried on burning for much longer than they should have. It just made me think that's really interesting this idea of a game of chance and wherever it lands a great miracle happens do you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. whichever face it lands on is something miraculous is going to happen and so Amazing. i loved that that for me was a really strong imagery 
Um, and I was like, oh, I need that. I need that in this this shot. This is this is the 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 game of chance where you're spinning. You don't know what's going to happen, but ultimately a great miracle will happen here. And so it's kind of like a faith statement in a sense. And many people won't even know what on earth it is. But it's these for me. I love I love symbolism. Yeah. So yeah. In, in my work, I I like to put in a lot of symbolism. And on on the surface, people will go, oh, that's cool. Or they'll be like, that's unusual. What's that? But if you dig into it, there'll be reasons behind why I'm putting the symbols there. And on my website, I unpack that a lot more. Which is which is why I love kind of hearing the stories behind art, right? And what people do yeah. because it's those details that I just think, oh, that's in, that's incredible. You yeah, know? yeah. Like it means there's so much depth there and richness. Mm. Yeah, you know that, that a miracle happened here, and it's just mm. like, you know, I think as Christians, it's it's something that we know that God does miracles today and it's it's something that is incredible. So so to have that kind of symbol and that chance that you you came across this right uh, yeah this game and this twirly thing that that represents that and that logo in oh yeah I couldn't believe it. I was like this is this is gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why I want to unpack these things on, on yeah. the podcast because it's it's really interesting. Oh, for sure, man. And I think you know. So for me, they were they were two strong building points, but then also an end, just about this idea of resurrection and it not being the end. You know, um, because the reality is, people people are currently dying from COVID. You know, people are currently not surviving. You know, even people of faith are not making it through, and so. Um, there's a sense of mystery around that stuff as to why and how, and, you know, there are a million questions, right? And so I think, interestingly, as I started this story, I thought it would be one thing, but it kind of evolved into another and felt very much like, even in the edit, just the way I started to lay it out, it it almost became more than what I'd planned it to be. So, you know, it, it starts starts with this vast sweeping image of the ocean a raging sea that's kind of just this chaos that's unfolding and then in front of you there's this there's hannah at the table and this guy's there's there's this hannah and samuel um so there's you know there's these two people at at a table just in a stare off and you're like oh that's intense what's going on here i wanted to, to get this sense of tension between the two of them it's like there's something about to happen, something awkward, and then it flicks to the clock, and there's a sense of time pressure, and then this game unfolds where he 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 lights this incense, which you don't particularly see, um, but there's a phoenix um, on the um, incense tray that he mm-hmm. pushes into the center of the table, and the phoenix has often been kind of seen as a um, an, uh, a symbol of the occult, but also a symbol of um, a kind of renewing life like eternal life the sense that the phoenix would die off and then would come back to life in flames and um so i was tapping into something about resurrection there with with that and then um this idea of this game of chance which hannah was then spinning on the table and it it then flashes to this shot of kai who is the girl who's taken taken a journey effectively down to the sea down to the raging sea so down towards the the chaos which is in this sense, you know, we're speaking a little bit into the COVID situation. So she's on this journey, but as she's on this journey, she encounters God and there's this sense of God's presence filling her. Like there's this beautiful shot of like the wind blowing in her hair when Hannah talks about, 
this gentle shepherd invaded my veins and it's just this beautiful imagery and I just it was like that's her moment of like encounter with God if you like and then she journeys onto the beach and am I ruining this should I say the whole thing I'm just like I'm just conscious that I'm destroying the story but well, it's um, hope, come out uh, post, right no, it is, yeah we'll, we'll delay it by day but ho- hopefully the, whoever listens to this podcast you've you've surely you've already seen it in the app today yeah so, okay cool good great because it's just out in the app and it'll be out yeah. soon on spoiler, youtube spoiler, in a couple of massive weeks. massive spoiler alert so then she, she uh you know um kai ends up on the beach and um the, this character that's in what seems to be in conflict with hannah and hannah represents what is good you know she's bringing god's god's word she's bringing scripture to the table and so she appears to be good um and then this guy appears to be evil or wrong or dark or whatever and the guy then approaches kai on the beach as she's looking out at the sea knowing that she's going to go into the water and grabs her hand and she and she she's unsure as she looks at him but then the next shot is she's in the water with him led down and you're like oh this guy led her to death yeah and then but then at the very end she comes back to life and i wanted this to speak to the fact that it doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to work out but a journey lived with god means that he's with you in it and yeah. even in even in death as we look on the chaos of it he yeah. he he is with us in death and it's not the end do you know what i mean and so i wanted to kind of speak to that because there's and it's wrapped up in this idea sometimes that people are like angry with god because they think that god somehow is making all this stuff happen or he's you know at least make allowing it to happen or etc etc and we think about it in those very two box ways is god allowing it to happen or is god causing it but god is so much more vast than that and i think for yeah, us to even right. understand our place in the universe and god's place in the universe it it requires a little bit wider thinking mm-hmm. and so um I just wanted to speak to that a little bit, really. And I wanted to just inspire hope. It's not about coming away and thinking, okay, cool, I've got some theological kind of T's crossed and I's dotted. I know exactly what to believe and think about this stuff. But actually, if you can come away and think, oh, no, God is with me, like regardless, God is with me, then that's a good place to be. That's that's the that's that's my hope. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so strong. I mean, it's it's so good and i think if you if you haven't seen it yet you you certainly need to go and check it out because i mean the whole piece i think is is super haunting super chilling and and very powerful Uh, there is a real strong strong message there um which is incredible so guys uh we're gonna wrap it up now i think we're gonna just listen to the the piece now on the uh podcast Uh, And it's obviously, as you know, it's based on Psalm 91. at your right hand but it will not come near you these words my father spoke bounced from the walls that felt like they were closing in and collided with my brokenness 
The sound bites of ancient truths crashed into my hopeless hands and lifted them up. Amongst waves I could barely stand, but the strength of an almighty king and a gentle shepherd invaded my veins and I stood despite the storm. In the shadow of Shaddai is where I lay my head. In him is where I rest. In the morning I rise, untouched by darkness, because I am protected. Even here, when I can barely defend myself, when I am too weak to fight, you tell me that I already have the victory. You, I'm holding on to you for dear life. My kind king, you are the one that saves me. I want to drink the depths of your love, even on bad days. My Jesus, you rescued me then, and you rescue me now. Thanks for listening to this episode. I pray that you've been inspired from what you've heard and that you'll be mindful of God's presence throughout your day. I also pray that you'll find real peace and a deep, deep sense of calm at this moment in time. Don't forget to check out the app for the latest chapter and the website for all the latest updates on the Presence Project. If you're liking what you hear, then please share it. Okay, Hannah's going to watch it for the first time. Got chills already. <laughs> Did you see my face the whole time? I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I actually was like trying not to cry. I don't know why. It was so moving. Oh, it was so moving just because like um, the whole just my story behind it and everything. Oh, I need a moment. <laughs>